Welcome to this shifting moment. This is a podcast in which we're seeking a profound shift in the way that we react to things. We do that through weekly discussions and twice weekly readings and responses from some of the great thinkers and spiritual writers. And my name is Richard, and I'm a spiritual coach and a mindfulness teacher with over 20 years of experience in treatment and private practice. And my name is Josh, and I'm an ordained pastor and a writer with a history of directing spiritual communities. We want you to be a part of everything that we do. We look forward to hearing your thoughts and suggestions. Please contact us at 424-341-3860 and follow us on This Shifting Moment on Instagram and Facebook. This is a podcast that is not just about recovering, but both you and I are in mm -hmm. recovering. And um, so a lot of our conversations are going to come from that perspective. Um, I've been around for a while and I've you're been a bit on the newer side. a little while. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and I, I think, yeah, I just think what's interesting in this little new spike that we've experienced. Um, so welcome. This is uh, first, second time, third time listening, or you've binged a bunch of episodes and now you're here. Um, yeah, we, we started this kind of like fresh in the pandemic, uh, smack dab in the middle of it, actually. So this was uh, a creation to kind of between Richard and I just uh, one, just kind of talk through what was going on in real time. That was super important to us. And then two, like the, the kind of interesting little nuance with our conversations is that Richard does have 30 years of sobriety. And when we started this podcast, I had a matter of hours, <laughs> literally in some cases. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's kind of the dynamic that works there, but my background being in, um, being in ministry and being a pastor and having that background, uh, we just instantly hit it off. And so the impetus for this was to create some sort of conversation where we could be talking about in real time what was happening. So I, I think if you remember this, Richard, like our first conversations about this were like, oh, should we write a book? Should we like, <laughs> you know, we were talking about all these right. other mediums and then it just became apparent that like in this time, we, we have to be talking about things as they come along and you can do that through social media and some other avenues and everything. But, um, we actually found that like the podcast is like the perfect vehicle for something like that. And I think, right. I know we talked, we talked about doing maybe, you know, maybe creating a, a recovery meeting that was focused a little bit more on a spiritual solution. Um, and you know, and that's something that, that I think is, is something that we are so focused on, but at the time of the pandemic, it's kind of a difficult prospect um, to create that, uh, that sense of community around the spiritual solution. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, really what it came down to was, well, how do we do this in the midst of a pandemic? So we hopped on zoom and, uh, we both had, uh, backgrounds in music. And so we knew microphones and recording equipment and we just pressed play and hit record. And, uh, it's, Here we yeah, go. it's been like that ever since. Um, and I've never, I've never, I had never listened to a podcast in my entire, I still haven't, you know, to be honest with you, I still, I still haven't. I've only, I've only listened to us. So, um, I don't really have anything to compare to, but, uh, you know, I, I was speaking at an AA meeting, um, that was at one of your uh, sober living that you were at. And, uh, we just kind of hit it off and, um, and we, you know, we really try to talk about what's currently going on. We talk about the current moment. That's where this shifting moment kind of came up, uh, because it's really about 
knowing that we're always being subjected to different situations and circumstances that may or may not have a, a significant impact on our recovery, our well-being, our, our sense of being okay. And and um, so we've tried to address those. I know we addressed, um, you know, some of Josh's early recovery episodes and, and um, me dealing with with people in the recovery industry that were skeptical of uh, a situation like this. And um, we just moved through it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Which is incredible. And I mean, and I think the, the testament to that is we're still here <laughs> year later and, mm-hmm. and still moving and everything. And I think also like, um, you know, with the spiritual stuff and, and what we're doing, um, it, it is, it's, I, I think the, the most fun I have in what we do is that, uh, when we get together and we begin recording like this, there's never like a plan or like, we don't have like a regimented, like this month or sometimes we'll stick with a theme. Like we did a holiday theme in um, in December, right. but what we're doing every time is just kind of getting together. And I kid you not, Richard, every time we hit record says, I don't know what the fuck we're going to talk about, but we'll, <laughs> and then we, then we kind of, <laughs> exactly. in. and I think um, the beautiful part about that is like that, that just so models kind of healthy spirituality, which is that wherever we just are, being, it's, it's being, being, being present, present you know, and spontaneously and- being able to say yes in those moments and being able to like roll mm-hmm. with what's being handed to you. And I, I always think of like, like, um, I, I grew up in music and grew up playing music and stuff. And so, and I also grew up around some really beautiful instruments working in music shops and everything. And the biggest thing with an instrument is always like it, it could be a really beautiful, expensive instrument, but if it's not being picked up and played regularly, it can actually fall into disrepair simply by not being played. And I think the same is true for some of these spiritual practices that we use and stuff in our own hearts. Like if we're not actually using these, um, in real deal situations every day, uh, they dull. Right. And so, um, it's, it's important to engage with that. And I think what you're going through right now, Richard is a perfect example of, you know, we get, we get handed these curveballs, and it really does give us a chance to use these beautiful instruments, these, these spiritual lives that we have and, and your instrument being, 30 amazing years in recovery and even beyond that just how you poured yourself into all the books that you've read into your spiritual readings into your relationships into the the people that you work with on a daily basis um so i mean i'm fascinated to hear your perspective on where you're at and how you are you specifically are navigating that because i think that's going to help a lot of people right. so cuz again i think you and this is one of the few episodes where we've really discussed a little bit ahead of time uh, not in not in detail, not in any kind of detail at all. But at least we know kind of where we need to go because it really pertains to what uh, our podcast is all about. That we we have these shifting moments in time that that um, that we have to deal with, and I'm I'm going through one of them right now, and and uh, I'm about to have uh, some pretty major surgery on on Thursday morning, and so. I certainly appreciate anybody's p- prayers and well wishes, and and uh, I'm a 70 year old dude going under anesthesia, and that makes me a little bit nervous, I suppose. Um, but I'm having I'm having hip surgery, and uh, as a result of having hip replacement surgery, uh, in the last week I've had to go off anything that might um, help me with my pain and discomfort, and 
And so these last couple of days, I can't take anything. I can't take Advil. I can't take anything. And, you know, obviously I'm not going to be taking anything that might affect me from the neck up uh, because of my recovery and I'm committed to my recovery. And, um, so, and today's a particularly difficult day. We debated even about whether to not or not to do the podcast. And, and I think I would rather do the podcast and kind of address what's going on with me. And, uh, um, I have no idea how I'm handling this shit, to be honest with you. But, um, I can tell you one thing that has been helpful, uh, my friendships, being able to talk to people, being able to, uh, being able to, uh, voice my pain and verbalize it and acknowledge, uh, how challenging it is to wash the dishes and to empty the trash. And, uh, I live alone. And, um, so getting up to walk out, walk to the bathroom is really difficult. I'm really, well, you know, I think part of me with the spiritual work that I've done is that I get to focus on the fact that um, I'm taking care of what I need to take care of. I'm going to be having surgery on Thursday morning. And because I'm sober, I have medical insurance that's going to cover that. Uh, because I'm sober, I have a, a really good doctor that's going to be taking care of it. And because I'm sober, I have somebody to take me to the hospital and to pick me up and to spend time with me. Um, and because I'm sober, um, I'm able to kind of uh, allow people to help me. And uh, m- my life has been pretty much about helping other people. And probably the hardest thing for me to do um, uh, is to allow people to help me. And um and it's not easy, and it, it just get it gets me a little bit emotional even talking about it, um, because I had somebody that came by this afternoon, just randomly, and uh, just went around my house and took care of everything that might need to be taken care of, and made sure that I had food, food, and um, and I've still got four days to go of unbearable pain <laughs> until my surgery. And um, my intention, to the best of my ability, is to go out and, you know, I work in the recovery industry and I sit with people individually in my office and I, I talk about spiritual solution, I talk about recovery, I talk about depression and anxiety and, and overwhelm and some of the emotional struggles that we go through. And it's my intention to continue to go to work um, because... Otherwise, uh, Richard Burr is going to be left sitting with his pain and dwelling on what feels unmanageable. And if there's something that I've learned from the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, my capacity to deal with what I'm dealing with is going to depend on my, um, my being of service to other people. I have a disease of selfishness and self-centeredness. And, um, and so my solution to that disease of selfishness and self-centeredness is other centeredness. Doesn't depend, doesn't mean it's not about whether I'm dealing with, you know, getting loaded or not. It's about, it's a, it's the solution to everything in my life, including my pain. And so when I focus on you instead of me and my pain, um, it, it takes the burden off of uh, away from me. So I'm not quite so focused on what I'm dealing with. And it gives me, it, 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 basically all I'm really doing is I'm shifting my attention from what I got going on to what you got going on. 
you know, and I learned that early on from my one of my sponsors, and he told me he said, you know, just go ask somebody else how they're doing. Yeah, I, th- I think it pulled your attention right into it. Was it. an Adya Shanti Adya Shanti quote or someone else? We were doing a lot of we were doing some work yesterday on um, some stuff we're working on, and it was one of the quotes that we pulled. But it said something along the lines of like, no adult, no adult. Uh, needs love which i thought was pretty provocative in the beginning and and mm-hmm. then it the follow-up was um what an adult needs is to love so like exactly i love yeah, that that idea of like i think we're sometimes we're just we're, we're pointed ourselves in the wrong direction from how we actually help like a lot of times we think what's going to help in these that moments need- of pain is that i need to be loved i need to be seen i need everything to work my way mm-hmm. and and i think what mm-hmm. you're saying is right in line with that quote where it's like no 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 it's not it's not that you need a thousand people pouring love into you which would be great mm-hmm. <laughs> and nothing against that but that's not what you need what you need is to show love to others that's what's going to take you out of yourself and ultimately right. show yourself love because because one of the things that the spiritual solution teaches us that my capacity to be empathic and have compassion for you is because of my pain. You know, and my experience is that when I go into a spiritual session with somebody, I'm going to probably, and if I go in and if I bring my pain into that session, my whether it's physical pain, emotional pain or not, my capacity to really be there for you, and I've seen this to be true for me, it's going to be greater. I'm able to hear you and understand you because I'm sitting over here in pain, uh, you know. And it's funny. Um, a little, a little bit of a story. I remember um, I was doing. Uh, my mother died about five years ago, and I was with her, stood by her by her bed when she passed, and we were we were quite close. And um, um, I remember I came. Uh, came uh, she lived up in the central valley of california and and um i drove back down that night because i i had sessions to do i had work to do most people would have canceled their day and i mean i everybody would said why are you going to go to work i said absolutely so i remember i remember going to um, one of my sessions and i do spiritual counseling i'm not a psychotherapist i'm not uh but i've been doing it for a long time and one of my one of my favorite clients was the, my first client that morning. And um, we'd been working together for a couple of years. And I remember about halfway through the session, um, we weren't even talking about it. It was just random. About halfway through the session, tears just started rolling out of my eyes. I just started getting really emotional. And he looked at me and he asked me, he said, what's going on? And I said, well, you know, my mother died last night. And he said, and you're here? <laughs> you're here with me? Too, yeah. And I said, absolutely. I said, I can't even imagine a better place to be. And it just shifted everything for him. Um, it wasn't intentional on my part. I didn't think I was making a big difference. I, I didn't know anything else. Sure. I mean, I just yeah, that's just, just what I do. Did. Yeah. I just do what I do. I, well, I didn't put much thought into it. But the shift that he experienced from me being able to bring my pain into the room a little bit um, w- was really, really powerful. And so to me, I think these moments, um, 
it's to me it's not what we do it's not it's not that we have the pain or don't have the pain to me i think it's what we do with the pain i think that's 100 and i'm so fascinated with that story because i think it it just speaks to so much around like I think what you did without even knowing it is kind of you uh, you honored the gift that your mother's passing was to you, which was that now I have now I have this part to be able to relate to how many, you know, zillions of people in humanity that have felt that pain or that have gone through that. And now you can stand with them and go, I know exactly what that is. And before you just didn't have the the language or the syntax or the <laughs> the hardware to understand you know what i mean it's almost like you don't like and, and i i think that that's really true with um it's true with recovery certainly that's probably the most blatant example where you, it really does take someone who's been through it to <laughs> help you through to it. under to be able to understand right, it yeah but, and it, yeah. It, it, it's funny i mean i'm not a spiritual giant or anything like that i've just read a lot of fucking books and you know and i and i sit with a lot of people and I bring that information into my sessions. I mean, I, I don't, it's not thought out. I mean, it's not planned. I mean, it's like, I'm not, oh, if I go and I share that, you know, that's mm. not where I come I, from. I think that's fascinating too, because I, I know um, in the training I've had in like spiritual direction, which is just, you know, your basic whatever, uh, but it, it was always to never share anything about yourself never uh just reflect back to people don't ever like speak into their lives and i, I think what's so interesting about that is after like a year of being in a, a particular version of spiritual direction uh in my life I, I wasn't getting much out of it and so i i just wondered maybe it was me maybe i'm not spirit and at that time i certainly was i was like you know <laughs> i was a bottle of vodka at night type of a drinker at that point but it wasn't um it wasn't even that i just thought maybe like maybe this isn't for me i don't know um, and then one day my spiritual director was, was about to tell me a story and I saw them stop. Like they were, they were there and they were ready to kind of meet me in something. And then they stopped and then they just used a line like, well, what do you think God is in that for you? And it was just kind of a, a classic spiritual director thing. And I kind of lost it in that moment. And I just told them, I was like, you have no idea. Like when you were about to say what you, I think you were about to say, it lit me up inside so much. Like I wanted you to meet me there in that story there are times I need your story. And then he asked me straight out, he's like, how important is it that you hear my story and all this? And I said, I'm not going to say his name on here, but I said like blank, that's the most important thing you could do for me ever. <laughs> Just like, that's it. Full right, stop. Right. That's the only thing. Um, and it, that really changed our relationship and it changed the way that he did at least sessions with me. And that opened me up um, to a lot of healing and a lot of exploration. Um, and this is all, you know, very far in the past. Uh, so obviously all that healing wasn't <laughs> all the way through, but it did, it, it opened up a new thing because it was like for the first time um, in the stories that I would hear from them, I would, I would then understand that like, oh, okay, they've been through that. Now that's on the table for, for me to share with them. I could, I felt like I, I wouldn't be alone in what I was sharing. And I think, you know, yeah. I, I think it's, it's interesting that you say that because, and then, you know, we get into a little bit of self-deprecation saying that, well, it didn't really have any effect on my recovery and I still went out and drank and everything like that. But to me, my, my, uh, my experience of a spiritual solution is a lot of times we don't learn the lesson until we look back in hindsight. Because in the moment, it might not feel like the solution, 
But the fact that you remember something from, I don't know, three or four or five years ago or whatever, some spiritual direction that, that was insightful for you, it's not, it's to me, it's not about, you know, that that would have stopped me from drinking or, or anything like that. But the fact that we remember it from years ago, if, you know, and, and it still is in our, our, our awareness, you know, and, and at the time, at the time I was in that session with that guy and I started crying. I didn't, it's like, I was like, Oh my God, I fucked up. You know, I was like, I was being vulnerable and I was, I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't have done that because I'm around a lot of therapists and uh, I, you know, that's, you're not supposed to do that. And it's, and I just am not a big fan of not supposed to, you know, um, in a lot of, you know, obviously inappropriateness, but, you know, that vulnerability is, I think, what connects us, that, that, um, that honest and being able to be honest about my story. And I, I look back at that in hindsight and yeah, that was like fucking, that was, I can't believe I did that. And he and I are still good friends today. And, and it was, it was, it really gave him permission to be vulnerable about what he was going through. And uh, because I was able to be vulnerable about what I was going through. And this is another one of those moments where I'm in a lot of fucking pain and I'm sitting here talking right now and I'm just my leg and my whole lower body. Um, most people don't know. I mean, how could they possibly know? But I have both hips that are needing to be replaced. And so, um, it's, you know, I'm sitting here in this chair and my, my body is just like throbbing, but, but, you know, it, it also feels like, uh, like this podcast has a lot of integrity as, as well, you know, that there's a lot of honesty going on and, and, um, I don't mind sharing that with people and I, there, but I can tell you one thing, um, that I have not been tempted to you. Well, that's what I was just about to ask you. I was like, let me ask it. you. So let me let me frame it this way so that because your your 30 years of recovery has put you at a level where <laughs> you're 30 years down the track, right? But like for for mm -hmm. me at a, not even a year almost uh right here, I'll ask you something I definitely would have asked you a year ago and it would still ask you today, which is how are you not going to drink during this because <laughs> it's not even a question well, of like I, I and I understand for those of us that are listening that we're either not in recovery or have a lot of recovery under our belts that's a that's a different mindset but for someone who's like I'm I'm always like a wrong step away from a bottle in my hand right so like mm -hmm. like I think for me and for a lot of people a really helpful point of view would, would or just really helpful information from you would be what if yeah. you're not thinking that how <laughs> and then what what well, are some of the tools you're using or or stuff you learned along the way that's helping you in that well first of all you know i have a i have a really strong daily spiritual practice that i do and so i um i first of all i like who i am today and it's taken me a long time to get there and that's been the spiritual practice and uh, you know, if, if people, don't, people, don't, if you're new to this podcast and you haven't heard me talk about it before, there's an episode two or three or four or something like that, where I talk about the values and it really kind of has helped me and the people I work with getting in touch with who they are and what their highest aspiration is for themselves. Um, so, you know, one of the obvious tools that you hear a lot in the recovery rooms is you play the tape all the way out. Obviously I pick up a drink tomorrow what the fuck does that do? Where does that put me? I'm just back to square one. And if I felt shitty about myself with my pain, I'm just going to be that much 
feel that much shittier about myself. And, and uh, it's really, it's a temporary fix. It's not a long-term fix. And um, at, at some point I, I would have my surgery. Yeah, I could drink for today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And then I would get out of surgery. And then not only would I have the pain of, of recovering from the surgery, which is not going to go very well if I'm putting alcohol in my body because I'm probably not going to recover that well. Um, that's just a given. I'm putting poison in my body, basically. And so it certainly would hinder my recovery. But then I would have to deal with addressing, you know, a relapse and friendships and job and career and relationships and finances and health and well, yeah. everything. It would, I, that, not only would I be recovering from that surgery, mm -hmm. I'd have to put the pieces of my life back together yeah. for some reason because I'm I'm not the kind of person that would stop very easily. Well, I don't know if you even caught this, but I I just wrote it down because I didn't want to forget it. But that that's maybe the most succinct line I've ever heard on why to stay sober, and it makes the most sense to me, almost out of anything I've ever heard. And this might not even strike you as that you know impressive or anything, but. You said something just a minute ago where you said the primary reason was I like who I am today and it took me a long time to get here. And I don't I don't know I think I don't want to just brush past that because to me I'm just waking up to the idea of how true that is and I think a lot of people especially if you have even less time um th that's not that thought is very mature <laughs> on a level that maybe mm -hmm. it isn't even very clear to you anymore. But like the, the fact that I, I like who I am today, number one is so incredible. And then number two, just that, that, that knowing that like it took, it took those years, it took these years for you to be who you are today. And you recognize that that time did it slow work in you and all of that was so necessary. I think a lot of times, like when you're in, when I'm in, I'll just speak for myself. I'll stop saying you. <laughs> I think a lot of times mm -hmm. I think in early recovery that, and, and this was a real struggle for me this whole year has been like the, um, I, I can read the literature that we read in the program that we're in, or I can read these books and, and all of the head knowledge mm -hmm. is there. And I can just say, why can't I just memorize this stuff and just be good. <laughs> like I, I, why can't I just memorize the text? Why can't I just go to the meetings and be involved in the fellowship? And then just like that, I should be fine because everything in else in life means you memorize the answers. You, you get an A on the test, right? That that's how that works. Mm -hmm. And with this, it's something different. It's this, it's, it's that your heart doesn't understand it yet, but your head does. And it's getting that slow right. knowledge embodied and actually into you and what i hear you say so easily and so, with such freedom is that i like who i am today because of all of those years and so part mm -hmm. of what keeps you from ever putting a drink in your hand is that it you you recognize that there isn't just a reset button on the next day where you just go i'll be right back where i was <laughs> as soon as you recognize no, that when it's you like, break that it's, it's yeah i realized yeah. that I'm I'm going to start all over with not liking who I am. Mm. Mm. And that's really painful. And when I don't like who I am, I don't take good actions for myself. I don't bring people into my life that are good for me. I, you know, and I, you know, another one of the things that I, I, I like to say is that, you know, for me, I have created a life that I don't want to check out of. My life is really interesting for me today. It's fascinating. It's adventurous. 
I'm doing things I never thought I would I would do, including this podcast. Which you yeah, didn't know Inclu existed before. <laughs> I didn't even know it existed. And but you know, I can tell you that not everybody has you know, not everybody's been blessed to be able to create a life that they they don't want to check out of. Sometimes people get sober and they find themselves in a life that they do want to check out of. But the only way that we're going to be able to navigate that is if we if we begin the process of liking who we are and um and and that comes from individual personal spiritual practice it comes from a relationship with a power greater than ourselves and trust and not only that it's not about developing a relationship with a a power greater than ourselves it's about trusting that relationship trusting that relationship. And I can only trust the relationship with a power greater than me when I look back on my life and realize that I haven't put anything in my body for 30 years, or I've got good people in my life, or I've, you know, I exercise on a regular basis and I take good care of myself. And so I start to look back and it's like that, that's where the fucking miracle is, is I'm making choices that uh, and again, it's not about feeling like I like myself necessarily, because I don't always feel that way. Um, but to me, it's about making choices on behalf of myself that reflect that I like myself. Like I, you know, I I, I had a friend um, call me up there the other day, and they go, "God, you you work out several times a week. You eat really good." You read a lot, you work with a lot of people, uh, and you have a very simple life. It's not very big or glamorous or anything like that. You have stuff that you do that you love to do, and it's it's not big. It's just it's just small, but it's on purpose. It's absolutely on purpose. And for me, um, yeah, I can have physical pain. Uh, I know that I'll get to the other side of it, and I'll know that... Um, I've created one more moment in my life that's going to allow me to connect with other people. Yeah, because I have never experienced physical pain like I'm experiencing right now. It's unbearable. It's almost unbearable to me where I can't really sleep at night. And um, But I know that um, I'm not alone. This is part of what it means to be a human being. And, and I will have people that come into my office that are struggling with physical pain and I'll be able to understand what they're dealing with and I'll be able to talk about my experience with physical pain. Mm. Well, and, and just in the way that you're speaking about that, uh, I think that there's a there's some wisdom in that too, which is that this is not going to last forever, right? And I, I think that that's mm -hmm. the fear so often when we get into these moments of pain or struggle, it's that I don't I don't know when this is going to end and that's the scariest part and that's the most hurtful part and you know that life has these really painful moments and that life has these really right. great moments but i mean the true i think the true measure of a life is is how many kind of spike points you have on both sides right it's not it's right. not a up graph it's it's up and down and up and down way down way up and then all in between there everything is there and everything makes you human and if you're only on one side of it you've only experienced one side of life and how boring is that 